Greetings and salutations. Welcome to a swap experience with the most handsome, the dashing, prettiest of them all, Darius D. Hopefully you guys are doing well today. Hopefully you guys are enjoying yourself. If you're new here, welcome. And if you're returning listener, thank you for stopping by once again. I appreciate all your support. So before we begin, I'd like to say a few things. I'm sorry I missed last week. I had a little bit of nasal congestion, so I didn't want to record because of that reason. And also, I was dealing with a lot of other things. I had to get a lot of things ready before we start or before I do an episode. So I lost track of time. So I'm sorry once again. Also, make sure you guys keep subscribing to the podcast on whatever podcast platform that you so choose to use because that way you can stay up to date when I do post. So that could be on Apple Podcasts, that can be Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, so on and so forth. Pick your poison. Also, make sure you subscribe. Or not subscribe, should I say. Follow me on whatever social media platform you so choose to use or what you have. I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, and I'm on TikTok as well. Underscore DD the Suave Kid. Underscore DD the Suave Kid. And shout out to my homegirl, Debbie. I don't know if you're listening to her right now, but I promise you that I would shout you out. And so I did. I keep my promises, or at least I try to do that. So being that it is July 27th, 2019, and I do always try to educate you guys and try to get you something or a new piece of information every single episode or if we have time for it. So the word of the day is a noun and it's a rather different word. Most of you have never heard it before. I've never heard it. So this is a new thing for me as well as it is for you. But it's pronounced Bill Dung Roman. Bill Dung Roman. Now you're probably thinking to yourself, what in the world does that mean? Now I'm here to answer that question. Basically, like I said, it's a noun. And the definition thereof is simply this a novel about the moral and psychological growth of the main character, which is basically taken from. The German, so that's why it sounds has a German sound from it, but it's a mixture between German and Roman. So basically, it's just a fancy way of saying or summarizing the phrase of coming of age story. So whatever story that you've read before or seen in a movie a coming of age story that's basically what the synopsis is in regard to this world it's a german word and i probably would use it in my vernacular if i can remember it or use it but i challenge you guys to use it in your daily conversations keep it in your mental lexicon your mental library and see if you can teach somebody something new whenever you so please to do so so that is the word of the day. As you can tell by the topic, we're going to talk about whether America is still the greatest country in the 21st century. 
and we will be back momentarily so don't go anywhere and keep pressing the play button because this is a swab experience with your boy dd america 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 god shed his grace on thee so today we're talking about the states and we're talking about is it still one of the best countries in the world today in this 21st century century circa 2019 is it still sought after is it still important now obviously it's the forerunner of the world it's actually the world defense, if you will, because their military actually defends majority of the free world right now. That's why they say the president or the sitting president is the leader of the free world because their military actually takes up a lot of their defense. Well, takes up a lot of the defense of the world. So I would say that since America was founded in the 1700s, I would say that it has been probably most dominant country in the world for over the last few centuries or a couple of centuries. Now it's opened up today in our society today. Is it still the mega power that it once was for a time? Now America holds one of the biggest populations in the Western hemisphere. Right now, they did a census bureau with 32, not 32, sorry, 327 million people. Now, Canada is where I dwell in, and it's not the most populated nation, but it has one of the biggest land masses. We have sitting right now probably 385 million plus citizens in the country of Canada. And I do think Canada is a good place. The reason why I am talking about this is because I was talking to my friends the other day, I believe it was last week, and we were talking about the state of America. And if you would let your children, your future children be raised up in America. And they did make some good talking points. And I also made some good talking points as a rebuttal. I come to this consensus to myself. And to this understanding that I would still raise my child, my children, in America. Now, obviously, there are pros and cons no matter where you live. And I do say this, and I believe this is the truth, is that you have to live in a country that best suits your morality and your scope of thinking and your way of life. And I believe with America, I can fit that build, or I believe I can fit the fold in that regard. Reason, or my reason number one is why I think America is still one of the best countries in the world today. Aside from the politics that goes on, the politics, in my opinion, I like politics just for what it brings and how it shows what most people believe in 
and I'll explain that in this sense. I mean it in the way that you have more of a life. No, no, no more of a life. You have more of a, a right to choose what you want or follow what you would like to. Now, if you turn by the clock to more than a few centuries ago, a lot of nations were under monarchy. And basically, you would only do what the king and the queen would tell you to do. You didn't have as many rights as you do with the political system. Now, there must be a balance, and I do agree with this balance, that I think it was either Plato or Socrates says that you can't have full democracy because sometimes it can go too far. But I think you should balance it with religion and not put your beliefs just solely in democracy because when it doesn't go your way <laughs> you feel taken aback now going forward with america i do like their politics it's more or less entertaining than the canadian politics but i'm interested in their politics because they have two parties in canada we have i think it's three to four the Green Party, but nobody really counts them anyways. And then the party of Quebec as well, which I said mostly the Quebecians follow them. Most people don't really like them. But I would say that the democracy that America has is pretty cool in regards to it being split up into two groups, the Democrats and the Republicans. And if you do do, sorry, if you do your research and your due diligence you understand that a lot of the times the parties have switched because lincoln was a republican so and kennedy was a democrat now why am i bringing this up is because the republicans at that time point in time for lincoln's time they were opposed to slavery democrats were for it now like I said it does matter about them switching because a lot of people come up with this notion that all Republicans and all conservatives are nasty bigots and racists. And then they say all Democrats were not are not conservative, far left and all those sort of things, which is not true, historically speaking. And even now, not just not just because a few people in a group believe certain things doesn't mean the whole group believes it and i think it has to do with individuality which is my next talking point and that's why i like america is because of its freedom of speech laws and that you're protected with the freedom of speech being able to say what you please can be a dangerous thing, but it also can be a good thing. So long as you're not threatening people or calling people to violence. And I do believe that you should have the right to speak as you please. And I think, historically speaking, America hasn't been super consistent in giving every group their rights due to slavery and the mistreatment of minority groups mistreatment of minority groups but overall i think right now they're progressing towards helping out each and every single group in the best way they can and giving them the same exact rights in 2019 you can't say that only whites have the those inalienable rights i think if you actually 
Kian quite correctly. I believe that a lot of the minority groups in the states have the same amount of rights as the white people. Now, are there injustices? Of course, there is. There is injustice. There are injustices in every single country all over the world today. There's no way, and there's the only the reason for that is because there's sin in the world. So, I do agree, and I do believe that America is good for the reason. Like I said, in regards to freedom of speech, because now you are protected when you say certain things. I know in Canada, they're working on the Bill C-19, I believe, or C-16. And like I said before about political correctness, on an earlier episode back when I was in my second year of university, and I still hold the same premise that you must be able to say as you please. Now, I'm not saying that, or I'm not going to act as if every person who speaks is going to say the right thing. Sometimes you make mistakes. Sometimes people are nasty and rude, but they should have the right to say their sentiments. But you know what you do to those people who are inconsiderate? You ignore them. It is not as if I'm saying... And you can also discipline them as well and tell them not to because you do that same thing with your child. But for a person to not be able to speak their mind because they're of the opposing side, and that's where I'm having trouble with because a lot of people, and what I'm seeing into the world today is that a lot of people, if if you don't agree with them politically, if you don't agree with their morality, if you do not agree with what they have to say, you're immediately shut down and refused and they canceled, like I said, the cancel culture, which is a terrible way of thinking. Just because somebody does not agree with you doesn't give you the right to shut them up to cash them. That is fascism. That's what fascists do. They shut out opposing views. So that's why I am not too keen on that. Now, obviously, when you look at the statistics in regard to the race or race in America, it breaks down like so. So 76% of the population is white. 13 is black, African, or African-American. However you want to put it, we have the American Indians or the Alaskan Natives as 1.3. Asian, 5.9, Native Hawaiian and Pacific Coast or Oceanian, I think it would be 0.2, and then two or more races, so mixed race is 2.7, Hispanic is 18.3, and completely white alone is... Another 60%. So, as you can see here, there is quite a bit of diversity in America. Like I said before, and I'll say it again, it's not a multicultural nation. It's a melting pot. And I completely agree with that sentiment and with that phrase or wording. Because you must be a melting pot 
Reason why is because you have the American identity first, because you're an American citizen, and you abide by the laws and the rules and the regulations of said land, but you also bring your heritage and your culture from other countries, whether you're an immigrant or whether you're a descendant of an immigrant. With Canada, the thing that I don't like about here is there's no clear-cut identity. There is, or there are stereotypes that are here in Canada that we do have, whether it be hockey or Tim Hortons, so on and so forth. But you cannot really say or cannot truly say that there's a clear-cut Canadian way of life. I use it loosely or I'm I'm walking on eggshells right now because I don't want to be inaccurate. Now, I'm going to say that, like I said before, there is and there are some evidence or evidences that arise when it comes to Canada uh, having its own culture. And I did say that. It's more in my opinion and how I view it. It seems to me it comes across as more stereotypes or what others perceive us to be. But you don't, if you come or migrate over to Canada, you don't necessarily, you obviously have to become a citizen. But the way I see it is that people just come here just to dwell here, but they remain with the culture that they are in. There's no, really assimilation to the culture and i don't have a major problem with it but i would like for us to have our own thing just like the states and that's one of the reasons why i do like america now when it comes to the second amendment a lot of people are tippy-toeing on that they don't really like it because of the massacres that do occur and i pray for the families that have been under that sort of attack it is unacceptable by all fronts but what i do have to say about it is is that the law itself is not necessarily the bad thing it's the people misusing it for example i'll use a materialistic thing to bring this to light if i take a laptop this laptop the person who designed the law or the the person who designed the laptop gave me or gave the laptop certain perimeters that it should be used for. If I take this laptop and not use it correctly, I'm going to damage it or damage somebody else. So if I use this laptop to play baseball, I'm going to damage it because I'm not using it correctly. I'm not using it in the way that the inventor or the creator of said laptop designed it to function or designed it for its purposes. With that law, obviously, a lot of people come up with the counter argument that they had different warfare back then when it was created, when it was put in the Constitution of America, which I believe is one of the best documents written for law of all time. But the problem that I have found is that people 
are really just standing on the shoulders of those who came before us. So it's easy for us to look at what happened in the past and us to take our modern scope on things and judge and condemn those for doing that. But that was just the culture at the time, not condoning it by any means. I'm just saying that was just the culture at the time. And really what it was intended for, the main purpose is, is just for people to have a right to defend themselves, whether it be from person to person or whether a militia or a government were to override people. Because that happened even with George Washington, when the militia was trying to overtake the government, he didn't confiscate their guns. He let them still have it, but he just outwilled them with his army to fight them off and get them back into subjection to the laws of America. He could have easily just taken away, taken away the government, but he believed in those rights for people to have. Now, obviously, the army would probably more than likely beat your average civilian if they wanted to create a democratic, not necessarily a democratic, a dictatorship. Now, I'll give you two options. If you are listening to the show right now, would you rather have... A dictatorship rise up and you have nothing to defend yourself with or your family with? Or would you rather have weapons or something to try to fight them off with? That is the key. When with the Constitution, I do agree with it because not in a whole right now because obviously there's been stuff that has been added over time and things that have been taken away from it. And I believe Michael Meg said it, that it has not been authentic because of the issues with black people over the years and other minority groups. As I did mention at the beginning, it hasn't been authentic. That was the only problem in my opinion, but the constitution itself is not a wicked thing. And I would say that with the Second Amendment of that Constitution, it does give a sense of protection for people to have. And I do and I do agree with them for the right to bear arms in that regard. And those are the types of freedoms that people have in America. Now, do I still believe in conclusion that America is still the greatest nation. I say that right now, it's still fighting for that top spot and it still will be that top spot because a lot of their economic advances are still at the top of, or the cream of the crop. They're battling with China right now for economic dominance. And also you have the Middle East coming up but I do think right now that America is still the number one country in the world today. They're still up in arms. I think Canada is going to give them a run for the money. When we get more people, of course. And also, if you check some countries in Europe, not all of them, some of them, more or less the Scandinavian 
countries. They're doing well as the states, but right now I think the states is still having doing haven't done a little bit of research, have kind of looking at the different countries and what they have to offer. I think the states is very innovative in, like I said, business. They're very innovative in medicine. A lot of the medicine that we even have in Canada comes from the states and people who've done research in the states. When it comes to architecture and just development, obviously, like I mentioned, in regards to their warfare, there's probably none better than America right now. So as a Canadian, I would say that America overall, not in certain areas, like I said, their jail system is corrupt for sure. They need to work on that. It's not right. And there are a lot of injustices in America, but there is no perfect nation. And this is not to necessarily demean or put down any other nation aside from that. But obviously, we've known throughout history that there's always been a certain area in the world that has been the best at what they've done or what they do or what they did for a course of time. If you go back to the ancient world, we had Egypt being the most dominant nation in the world. Then you also had Greece being the most dominant nation in the world. You had the Mongolians, the Mongols, who are the most dominant people in the world. You had the Roman Empire as well. You had the Persians at one point. So I think within the, I wouldn't want to say that from the 18th century to now, America has kind of been the most dominant nation. It was a slow startup. But right now, you can still say that they are the greatest nation right now. And who knows? Anybody else at this point in time, anybody else can be up for grabs for the number one nation in the world today. This is a suave experience with your boy Didi. And we will be right back. Yo, your boy Didi is definitely in the house and this is a segment I like to call Wrap It Up DD, where I wrap up and I sum up the show for you. So just wanted to say thank you guys for stopping by, first of all. And secondly, let's get right into it. So we're talking about whether America is still one of the greatest nations of the 21st century, circa 2019. And I come to this conclusion, based off what they have provided the world Within the last couple of centuries, few centuries, I do, and I would say that it is still a lot of the entertainment that we enjoy today, such as Netflix, such as different avenues of entertainment, whether it be cartoons, you have Nickelodeon, which is owned by Viacom, American as well, and Disney by itself, Marvel. All these different things. And then you have the clothing industry. Now, you could argue that the fashion industry is mostly European. And I would argue that so. But I think you should 
also pay attention to different continents as well because Africa is doing their thing as well. And North America, we do our thing as well. But globally speaking, America is usually top in most assets or most categories. Now, their educational avenue right now is kind of weak in regard to public schooling. I would say that when it comes to post-secondary, it's quite expensive. And a lot of people who live there, and I've talked to or I've done some research, have done the numbers. And there's a lot of student debt that people accumulate in the States, but they do have top schools in the States, of course, we are familiar with. If you are into education and academia, the Ivy League, all of them are in the States. So that's, those are the top. All their schools, their top schools are in the top 20 universities in the world. U of T just barely made top 30. So only two Canadian schools are in the top 30 best schools in the world, and that would be McGill and U of T, of course. So it goes to show you that America is not the worst. It's not as bad as the media portrays it to be. Now, like I said before, there are problems there. Of course there is. But if you do comparison to most countries, it's not as bad. People are still wanting to go there because they want to get the American dream. They want to try something new. They want to be a part of that American culture. They want to be a part of the melting pot. And I do think if you take all the propaganda aside, if you take all that panic and fear, America is not necessarily the worst place to be. Now, are there better places in certain areas? Yes, but in certain areas, no. But overall, I would say that America is probably the best nation to live in right now. If you agree with me, that's cool. If you don't, that's also cool too. So guys, thank you for stopping by. Thank you for supporting your boy, Didi. You want to see the show prosper. You want to see it go forward. Here's what you can do. You can subscribe to this podcast on whatever podcast platform you so choose to use. So it could be Apple iTunes. It could be Google Play Music, Google Podcasts. It could be Spotify or SoundCloud. You can share this with your family on whatever social media platform you so choose to use as well. Make sure you leave a good review on Apple iTunes. Only five stars. Your boy, DD, only wants the five stars. I mean, I'm pretty enough to get five stars. So thank you guys once again. I appreciate it. So all those who are listening to this, listen to me carefully. Stay suave. Enjoy your life. And of course, do what is best for you and your family. I hope that you guys take care of yourselves and just chill. Just chill. Till? the next episode.